0: Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Petrina Fava. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Messy
1: Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. It's Monday morning, uh, 9 o'clock here in Toronto at the moment. Thank you for joining us wherever you are, wherever time it is, Um, possibly even in the future. Really excited to have you here. Um, We have a really um, exciting show lined up today. We are talking about a really fantastic book that uh, just launch- we just launched last week called Possibilities in Parenting. And um, I have with me a very special guest, co-author and also editor of the book, Miss Sadie Lake. So we're going to be talking about the book, about parenting, Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my chapter, which is all about using the tools of access consciousness to create something different for bullying for kids all around the world, and um, maybe we might even look at how this applies to us as adults, (laughs) and um, um, we might be joined by some other authors. We're not sure yet, we're just flying by the seat of our pants, nice and messy. We never
2: know where we're going to go.
1: Never know where we're going to go on these shows, right?
2: (laughs) Never. It um, always shows up so different than I think it's going to, and sometimes, okay. in fact, most of the time, even greater. So Yay! Yes. So I'm going to introduce you, Sadie. Hi, Sadie. Hi. <laughs> Sadie. So Sadie Lake
1: is, is a little bit of a rebel. She's not a, a fan of saying what she is. She's not a fan she's not a big fan of creating boxes to define or contain herself in. So the most appropriate way to describe her is to say that she's an infinite being playing at a game, playing a game at earth school. Um, there are some other roles that she plays, however, include being a mom to three little girls, a wife, changing man, a facilitator, an educator, a catalyst for the creation of a greater future here on the planet. And access consciousness is her modality of choice, um, whose tools and classes have been the slingshot c- catapulted her into greater, greater potency, greater being, greater presence, greater happiness, greater everything really. One of the things that makes her different is that she's a lot like you. What? She's stumbled through most of her life searching for her purpose, with a longing and a knowing that she's here to create a different possibility all while judging that she was doing a shitty job that was never enough. She was always known, always known something greater was possible than what we've been handed by this reality. She certainly wouldn't say she's perfect at the game of life, but she would definitely say she's a winner. If for nothing else, because she's learned how to cheat the system and play outside the rules to that say, say judgment and the polarity of right and wrong are the basis of reality, She's committed to consciousness, making the demand of herself that she create beyond all her perceived limitations, and be the invitation to others to choose more for themselves as well. One of the ways she does this is by hosting a weekly internet-based radio show right here on AtoZen.fm called Perfect Imperfect Brilliance, a show that's dedicated to uncovering what's right about you underneath all the crap you believe isn't um and you can find her at imperfectbrilliance.com. So, Sadie, welcome to Messy Adventures of Living. Thank you for having me. Yay. I I really love so much of your bio um because I also really sometimes struggle with with about with writing a bio cuz I I also am not a huge fan of saying what I am. Um so I really I really like that so much um that you're playing. I, I like your, your analogy of playing a game at, at our school.
2: It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got this um, energy too when I was first writing it because I wrote it originally for the first book and then just barely amended it for the second book. Just that when people read it, it's like they want to be able to just set you over here in this category or set you over here so yeah. they can kind of categorize you. And I was like, let's not do that. Let's not just yeah. read someone's stuff just to decide how we can our point of view, you know, what kind of point of view we can have of them. Let's just say, here's, you know, here's all the stuff that's going on and and what if other people did do that too? Like, and especially bringing this back around to parenting, how much do we yes. start to define ourselves as, oh, I'm a mom or I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a working mom. That's often one of the big definers. you know? Right. And then, whatever it is around our kids. And so, we start to be- define ourselves by all these exterior things that really aren't what a reflection of who we are but they're a reflection of who we paint ourselves to be and who we try to convince ourselves that we are and it's interesting how for me especially um, I really got to this place a few years ago it was like I kind of didn't know who I was anymore Uh and at the same time you know I mean, not to get too metaphysical, but I think a lot of us have been perceiving for a long time this shifting and this changing and this desire for something greater. So it was like I had this mountain of who I was trying to be and underneath I had this, you know, this festering lava that was brewing of more consciousness and needing to show up and needing to actually have that fire hotness that is me start to show up in my life. And it was just brewing and blur- brewing until it was either going to explode and just destroy everything in my path right. or I was going to need to start like letting it start to show up and, you know, drain down and, you know, start to create a new surface, a new, something different for me that was really more of a reflection of who I am. And so um, it's it's interesting that you bring up that an you know, one of the things that we, we do right away say, oh, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. Uh-huh. And then it's like that has, that. it's like we stop looking at what else. Okay, yeah, you're that. You choose that. Just if you choose that or you spend time in your daily life doing that, it doesn't mean that's really who who we are. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and it uh. makes me think
1: about, too, like when I was um, a young kid, uh, needing to do myself for people and not, and, and, I would say things like, "How can I be who I am when I don't know what that is?" But it wasn't true that I didn't know what that was. I I knew that that which I need. <laughs> Um but I, right. I but I couldn't. I felt like I had to put myself in categories, right? Like I remember even just being in high school and thinking, "Oh, I need to, you know, I need to either be a rocker chick or a pop girl." You know what I mean? Like I had to slot myself somewhere, and and I remember hmm. thinking. But I like all of these things. Like, I don't have a favorite anything. And I totally made that wrong. And I turned that into I don't know who I am. It's so funny.
2: It is, yeah. And um, I think of even you bring up high school, and I think of just school in general and how there's, for me it wasn't like the style or the the theme. It was more like the people who chose that. And am I friends with those people or am I friends with these people? I was lucky enough to go... Go to high school in a fairly small high school, you know, less than a thousand students. So it's almost like you know the kids that wore cowboy boots and you know got mm-hmm. up at five in the morning to feed their cows were friends with the kids that whose pants didn't pull up over their butt because they were sort of the G kids, you know. It was like <laughs> the rap the kids that listened to rap and you know were the same kids that listened to country music. We're friends with the same kids that were the jocks, and they were all like intermingled because the school wasn't particularly huge. But it's like okay um you know it's almost more like you know strength in numbers like when the, when there's a force that's powerful because it's greater in our lives do we do we you know do we buy into it more blindly than if we didn't have those like in the what i mean by that is um i remember reading the, in the book outliers years ago did you ever read that book no it was a really interesting book. It talks about how, mm. you know, you, you get to this place when you're learning how to do something. When you have a certain amount of hours doing it, you 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 become sort of genius level at it. It's not always – we have this sort of interesting point of view that, um, you know, when you get to that level of um, capacity with something that it's because you are naturally inclined to do it. But even the Beatles, you know, didn't just jump on the scene. They had been – working, Mm -hmm. like, swing shifts in Germany for, like, years, basically playing music for, like, 20 hours a day.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So it's like, you know, nobody really gets to be, um, you know, a world-renowned cellist or a world-renowned computer programmer or whatever it may be just because of natural ability. There also is this practical element of it that we don't often acknowledge, which is the amount of time you've actually perfected the art of doing it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it's not just yeah. either or, but we have an idea that it's just one and not the other. So anyhow, whole right. point which, of bringing which it up with, was, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say the whole, the what I was getting to with this is that what the guy talked about in one of these chapters was, and it may have even been a different book, so who knows? I read two of them at the same time, one called Nurture Shock, which is also really good. But um, he talked about how, we think of kids as being like they like to separate themselves at school. So like they like to be in cliques. So say you have a school with some diversity, you know, the black kids may hang out together and Mm -hmm. the Vietnamese kids may hang out together and the cowboy kids may hang out together. But um, what he was saying was that really only shows up in big enough schools because if you have a small enough school, then they will be outcast, you know, then there's like the one kid over there who's like different from everyone. But if there's a small smattering of mixed people from each of these different groups, they actually mix together better because there isn't a large enough group to have them segregate right. themselves off. Oh,
1: interesting.
2: And so, it, yeah, it's interesting. It makes me think of, you know, if we didn't have to buy into the different boxes because they were so powerful, are you a working mom or a not working mom? Those are two right. pretty, de- like, pretty big categories. We, um, you know, either fit into one or fit into the other and it encompasses you know, mothers, all mothers, it's a pretty big right. category. So you tend to segregate yourself. Whereas like if we didn't have that or choose that, could we all just be who we were and intermingle without needing to fit into this box or that box?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. That kind of sounds a lot like it could lead us into this whole um, idea of polarity and how it sets us, sets us up so early as kids Um like you know I'm just thinking about bullying and um the whole idea of separation and it's not even really I've, as I was even writing my chapter for this book I realized how much bullying is not really just an issue with children um so much of this whole idea around it is 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 also pertains to adult life 150% yeah right? the separation the that things- occurs mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and we do, it's almost like, okay, so to not get too metaphysical on us all of a sudden to start off, but like, you know, how much have we all chosen things in our lives that are an invitation for us to actually totally go beyond them? And so I love what you say in your chapter about, and, you know, I know we're coming up on a break, so maybe we'll delve into the actual specifics of the chapter after break, but one of the things that you talk about is just, you know, Imagine if every child in the world knew that they were an incredible gift to the world with the same certainty that they know that the sky is blue, you know. And if they did, what would be different on our planet? And Mm -hmm. would bullying ever actually be a problem if everybody knew their own value and everybody knew unequivocally that we're all interconnected but that we all matter? And one of the things that I was wondering about with that is like – I was gonna say something before about that and I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> trying to keep track of the break time. But um just how with um this whole idea of when we try to attack someone else or make someone else make ourselves seem more superior than someone else, if we all have this like oh what I was I remember what I was trying to say. Sorry about that. Sorry about the scatterness. Okay. I've only had half of a cup of coffee. Um <laughs> already this morning. Just um is there is it possible that when a child is bullied, this exactly what you're saying in your chapter of inviting them to know that they are important and that they're valuable and that not just important like from, a, you know, making things significant, but just like their inherent value and their inherent gifts. If we um, could help the children who are being bullied start to see what's right about them, Would bullying continue to be a problem and Mm -hmm. actually help the bullies see what's right about them? Because oftentimes I think that kids are mean to other kids because they don't feel like they're very valuable. So trying to prove it, you know, they're trying to make everyone else think they're really strong or think they're really tough or really smart or really funny or whatever it is that they feel a little bit insecure about. Or even like, you know, maybe their parents are not, I would not by any means blame every parent for kids who are bullies. But also, like you know, we don't often realize what we do as parents that create this sense of bullying. So I actually would like to talk yeah. a little bit about that after the break too. Oh,
1: I so would love we'll go to go a little about bit you. deeper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coming up on having our first break here, but.
1: okay, cool. Yes. So um, you are listening to Adventures in Living with myself, Patrina Fava, and my guest Sadie Lake, who is the editor of an awesome book that we just launched last week called Possibilities in Parenting. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at What we're doing as parents um, that maybe maybe contributing contributing some way to yeah to to bullying. So um, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back
0: uh, with more on that. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava. Every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your
3: choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? The worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life?
0: You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call... In the US, 815 880 8255 In Canada, 613-800-8736. In the UK, 33 one 625 Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures.
1: Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I am Petrina Fava, your host, and I'm joined by Sadie Lake, my guest, who is the editor of a book that we've just launched last week called Possibilities in Parenting. Um, So most people with children would tell you that Parenting is the most difficult job they've ever had, and what if it didn't have to be? So one of the things that many parents struggle with knowing how to deal with is bullying, and we're just about to delve in a little little bit deeper in the book. So what if there's a different possibility besides fixing this problem, with air quotes, or any problem, in fact, what tools can we offer our kids that would empower them to create something greater rather than waiting to be rescued? Um, we um, jo- uh, thank you for joining us. We are going to be having maybe even a slightly controversial conversation about um, bullying. As Sadie is about to, um, Sadie and I are about to talk about my chapter in the book, Possibilities in Parent called Toolbox for Ability Kids. Um, so, um, Sadie, we were just talking about uh, defining ourselves and just kind of leading into how that is one of the things that possibly even sets up sets up kids and and you know, sets them up almost, I want to say, for failure. or It's not really failure. It's more like sets them up to being less than who they are because they're trying to constrict themselves into these labels and boxes and sides of things. Um,
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you talk about in your chapter two is like um, this whole idea of even the kids that we might put in the box of being a bully, what if we Mm -hmm. had allowance for them and what they're choosing and just... Have the have the you know the attitude of well that's an interesting point of view that they're choosing that that's an interesting point of view, and I can hear the parents going like what you can't just let them do what they're doing so will you explain how allowance is not the same as just letting them do what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Allowance is really just being in the space of interesting point of view, which is a tool from access consciousness that gets you out of polarity and gets you out of right and wrong. And the the purpose of it really is to get you clear and to get you um, get all the shit pile off your glasses so you can see what's required. Um, It's really interesting to me that we judge this so much. This whole thing about bullying is really just loaded and seethed and soaking in so much judgment. And then we're trying to fix it from a place of, such heavy judgment. And obviously it's not working. <laughs> um, you know, we're trying to make one right and one wrong and and try and come to a fix. And none of it's working. So allowance is not, um, it sounds like allowance means acceptance or tolerance, and it's none of those things. It's just no judgment. And no judgment, like I just talked, was talking about judgment with someone at work this weekend. And I think people really have an interesting... or And even until I started doing, you know, some work with access, this interesting idea about judgment. It's like judgment means I'm saying something bad about someone. That's not what judgment is. Judgment is coming to a conclusion about something. And when you come to a conclusion... Yeah,
2: anywhere you have a point of view. Yeah, so now you already have your answer. One of the things I think I didn't realize for a long time that was also... Could, you know, a way of being in judgment is just where we do this calculating thing. That's like we're looking at anything and we're starting to measure things and calculate in yes. our mind. Like if this, then that, that right. in itself is is using the polarity that's sticking us from being able to have infinite freedom of total choice.
1: Right. And so how can you have awareness, right? Like you already have your answer before you've asked the question. It's like you've already decided You've already decided mm-hmm. that the bully is a horrible person and the person who's being bullied is this little weakling. You've already decided. And then you're trying to m- make, fix it from this thing that you've already de- you've already decided decided what it is. So well, how can you see the possibility? I like to
2: speak in metaphors too sometimes. I think that it helps mm. us get like a better perspective. Um, if you read my blog that I put on our um, Imperfect Brilliance site, I think Cassie's going to put it up on the website for so the book too. Um, just that I think it went, okay, so just in the little aside, did you ever see that movie, um, I want to say it's as good as it gets, where Jack Nicholson is a, or Nicholas, whichever one, isn't the golfer, the actor, is a, oh, um, yes. he's a writer, and he's yes. got, you know, um, I can't all remember, but he says something, he gets into the elevator, and he says, people who speak in metaphors out of shampoo my crotch something like that. (laughs) But I like to use metaphors a lot. I do not have any plans on shampooing anyone's crotch just because of it. But one of the things I think about is from this perspective, kind of we talk about in access, we look at, you know, what is your body desire? Are you eating in in a way that's a reflection of what your body actually would like to have? Or are you eating based on what you've decided is good for your body and your point of view? And um, I've looked at a lot too for myself about how the shape and size of my body doesn't necessarily show up as a reflection of what I'm eating and how much I'm working out. But we have this interesting point of view in this reality that it's all about food and exercise and that's it. And so when we're trying to fix it from standing over on the island, you know, I, I think of even like a, you know, this island over here of the point of view of exercise and diet is the sole source of how your body shows up we're not actually able to go to a different place. It's like we're stuck only having those as the, as, the, as the ways that we can choose out of it. And what if it's something totally different? And so I look right. at the same idea with bullying. We're over here functioning from bullying is a problem, one kid is the dominant one, one kid is the weakling, and, it, and then we're trying to fix it from there. And what if we have to go to a whole different island to be able to change it? You know, you define in the book, you say, bullying is defined as repeated intimidation over time of a physical, verbal, or psychological nature of a less powerful person by a more powerful person or group of persons. It's repetitive and encompasses an intrinsic power imbalance between the bully and the person being bullied who generally is incapable of self-defense. It can be physical, verbal, and social. Another definition is a blustering, quarrelsome or overbearing person who habitually badgers and intimidates smaller or weaker people. And what you point out is the point of like of a less powerful person by a more powerful person and encompasses an intrinsic power imbalance and incapable of self-defense and badgers and intimidates smaller or weak people. And basically what you're saying is when we're functioning from this polarity of this kid over here is the bully and they're quite obviously wrong and this kid over here is the one being bullied and they're quite obviously a victim, we literally can't change it because we're stuck out on that island instead of being able to be back on the shore choosing a different path. Exactly. And and you know, the smaller weaker
1: the smaller weaker person is what really really blew me away. And, and, and that's exactly the point. It's like, what if we could show kids that they're not these little weaklings, that they have power and they have potency, no matter what their size, no matter what their age. And it's so much greater than this issue because I think as adults in general, we really, a lot of us have the point of view that we are smarter than our kids. We know more than they do. Um, they need our protection. They need our help. And it's a lie. It's a humongous, big fat lie. Kids are potent. And I mean, anybody that has kids knows this. If you look at the way they manipulate us, if you you look at the way a small infant cries when they're hungry or cries when they need to be changed and changes the way they cry so that we know they are potent, potent creators. So, you know, just saying that someone who's being bullied is a, a, a victim or a poor little helpless thing is just the biggest like bullshit in my world and I wanna scream at people and go stop because you're just perpetuating it and you're telling your kid that they're small. Kids are not small and you know, how much of this could change if we, I feel like we, we focus so much on the bully too in this. It's like, look at this big mean bully. Can we stop putting so much significance on the bully and so much attention on the bully and just look at the kid who's being bullied and go, you're not the small little pathetic weakling. You need to step up, and here's some tools, and look at how brilliant you are. And it's not even like, oh, look how great you are. Because I feel like some of that's out there. It's it's mm-hmm. more about you're not weak. It's not about like building them up and telling them they're awesome, which is great, but it's more than that. It's like bursting the lie all across the board that they're smaller and weaker, and it has to start with the adults because how much do we actually have that point of view and then we're projecting it onto the kids. Like, oh, you're wonderful, you're awesome, you are great. But go to bed when I tell you because I know more than you do and I know better than your body. And finish everything off your plate because I'm the grown-up and I know more than you do. Oh, but when you're bullying, you can be awesome. And do you know what I'm saying? Like the whole well, thing has of changed.
2: Yeah, that I wanted to talk about a little bit ago, just with what what are we not acknowledging that we're choosing as the grown-ups in their lives, as the parent potentially, that may be contributing to a child feeling like they need to exert control on someone else. They need to exert their strength or their power onto someone else. Because kids in general, um, so many people will say like, oh, kids are just mean. It's amazing how mean they are. They're hmm. not just mean. They learn to be mean based on being bullied themselves. And that's yeah, not to and say that every, ki- every parent who has a kid that's a bully is a bully themselves. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm also no. trying to say, what are we not acknowledging that's going on in the interior world for these kids bullying other people that makes them feel like they need to choose that against someone else?
1: Right. And, and so, and, and how much of, how much of what they're doing is a projection of what the adults around them are, are, are projecting at them, and and also like, also I think too what we may not be acknowledging is the dance that's happening between the the victim and and I'm saying victim totally with air quotes here because I don't actually for one yeah. second believe that the kid being bullied is a victim at all. Um, what we need to acknowledge is that kid that's being, quote unquote, bullying. And this may seem seem really out there but is totally contributing to this dance and what are they both creating and it's not about blame and I'm not saying that the kid who's being bullied is to be blamed at all, but what are they both creating with all of this in their worlds that is unspoken, that's not cognitive and that's what I'm saying. They're potent. They are both potent creators. They may be creating different things, or they may not be cognitively aware of what they're creating, but they're, the two are in the dance that's creating something with potent, with great potency. And we're not looking at it like that, and we're not acknowledging that. We're just like, oh, this what is bad invitation thing. What
2: meditation is it too? to both of these beings in this situation to choose something greater. I mean, what's right about this? We're not exactly. getting, and that's one of the things that no one looks at. So I would like to look, after the break, I would like to look at that a little bit. So we can start to give parents maybe a little bit of, um,
1: you know, We're little going to keep like, going. Actually, we're going we're gonna to skip the break, so you can you can go, because we're going to just keep going.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so many things I wanted to say then. Well, one of them is just like, you know, how much is this actually an invitation? Like you're saying, if kids could realize this, what if this is the invitation to be present with our kids and start to show them the brilliance of them? What if it's an invitation to something greater? So what if it's not like, oh, my kid's being bullied. from? Okay, let's just talk about the one being bullied for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. If your kid is the one being bullied, what invitation is this for you to help your child see what's right about them and help them discover for themselves the inner strength that they have that may not show up in any way like we would expect it to? What's the brilliance of them that's not being brought forward? that is, right. We're literally screaming to come out. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I even look as- at – go ahead
1: Sorry, and I was just gonna say, like, and what's the invitation to the parent as well to acknowledge the child in places to see where they're not acknowledging their child, like, you know, the whole thing about you have to eat everything off your plate, right? Like, that this is kind of what I'm, I'm alluding at is like, we can, we can tell our kids that they're awesome and build them up and show them their brilliance, but for me, it's what I, what I want to get across is that it's more than that. It's we can't just talk. The talk, like, we can't just tell our kids, you know, when you're at school, you need to know you're awesome. We need to honor them in all ways. So that they know beyond the of a doubt, the way they know the sky is blue, that, that they're, that they are great creators because everybody treats them like they're great creators, even their moms and their dads at home, because their moms and their dads honor them and they say, you know what, when you're eating, you stop when your body says because your body knows, not me. Um my, mo- my well, mom, my now- mom, and-
2: Yeah, that's where Mm -hmm. I was going earlier when I was trying to say, what as parents are we doing that we're not even aware is creating this, this, this festering need inside for some kids to want to exert that kind of control and dominion over someone else. And I, it's not like, I mean, I want to say this with the caveat, but it's not to say that every parent whose kid ends up bullying someone else is at fault. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I do want to acknowledge is, you know, humanoids have a tendency to be rebellious, right? And if you can't be rebellious within the dome of whoever's trying to exert control on you, that it's almost like this loaded spring inside that makes you want to just burst out and do it somewhere else. And so it's like when we do these things with our kids, like exactly what you're saying, no, you need to eat this because I said, or you need to do this because I said, and I'm here I am over here counting to three because you're not listening to what I said. What is that actually creating? If you look at that whole counting thing, because I'm not going to lie and say I haven't done it, but what is the implied threat that's going to happen to that child if they don't stop what they're doing and listen to you as the adult? Like I'm going to count to three, and if you don't stop that right now and get over here, Something bad is going to happen. And it's literally this implied threat of harm to them. So when they have that thrust on them all the time, and this, it's almost like it creates this fear of unknown and this this kind of like cauldron of anxiety inside kids. Because I, I think that what we don't realize is when kids are bullying other kids, it's like they're in doing the implied threat of harm as well. Totally. So where are they yeah. seeing that? Where are they getting that? And it's not to say that someone who does that. Ca- I'm counting to three thing, is going to harm their kids. It's that we're implying threat to them. What are they supposed to do with that emotionally and on an right. internal level? Like wh- where is that funnel of, oh, God, if I don't do that, something bad is going to happen. What, what is that actually creating for them? Is that giving them choice or is it giving them, I need to lay down my choice and give over to you or something bad is going to happen to me?
1: Mm-hmm. And I think a lot. I think a lot of parents might look at that and say, "Well, then what the heck am I supposed to do?" Because to be honest, like my struggle w- when I first learned a lot of the tools of access, and I was looking at what um, Gary Douglas, who's the founder of Access, was presenting as a different possibility in parenting, and I was like, well, "How the hell am I supposed to run a household with three kids and have allowance and have and and you know let kids choose?" Like for me, it was always like, "Okay, that's great, but you know I got I got." And like I and so it's not that we're saying, you know, let your kids do whatever you want. Um no. but you gotta look at asking some questions like, okay, so what's gonna create the greatest here? What do I require? And then, you know, present them with some options. There's other ways besides imposing because I think what we've learned is to impose, like you're saying, threat. It's like, look man, you gotta do this because I said so. And I'm pretty sure I just said those words to my kids the other day. It was like, because I said so. You know, like, and, and it's not that yeah. any of those things are wrong. It's just the whole build up of this energy of, I'm bigger, I'm better, I'm smarter, you need to do what I say in home, and then when they meet it at school, then they recognize the energy. That's why sometimes kids so young, you see it show up so young, right? Like, you Mm -hmm. see, I remember when my kids were in preschool, I was like, they were three, two and a half, three. I was like, how the heck do kids do this already at this age? But because so much of it is energetic, right? It's not even about the words. So how much are they transferring you know, oh, the adult is smarter than me, and they know better, and they're exuding, they're exerting power. So now, how much do they transfer that energetically to now preschool, where the teacher is right. exerting power, and then maybe well, a I mean, kid. And you even
2: watch their play when they're little kids, when they're toddlers. You watch their play; they're mimicking so much of what they're choosing to do as little yeah. kids, is mimic what they've seen the grown-ups do. So it's not to say, like, again, I really feel like this is important together. It's not to blame every parent whose child is bullying other kids for that child's choice. A lot of it is temperament, too. One child may take the way a parent treats them, and it doesn't create bullying. And it's not even just the way a parent treats them. Where have they seen this um this superiority, inferiority, this my choice exerted over your choice models? hmm you know, and it's like my middle daughter, she'll throw out stuff like, You do this and you do that and how would you feel if I did this? And it's like I can tell with that angst she has inside that she's grasping for anything in her in her perceived power that she can do to control the outcome. So what if yes. they're just using whatever they can at their disposal in any given moment? And what if they actually had more tools available at their disposal so that they didn't have to use and exert their force over or overpower someone else? That's all I'm trying to bring to light is like what else is possible here? And and I think that part of that is helping them, like you said, see it's not just saying, oh, you're so great, oh, you're so smart. It's actually helping them to have autonomy and choice in the creation of their lives So that they know that they can change it and they know that they have another choice. Not just that it's like, it's not just this blanket surface thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's like if you're, you know, if you're the, the boss or the leader at a company and you have, you know, four or five adults that you're working with, you know, you would probably approach it really differently, right? You'd be like, okay, look, we're all adults. This is not working. Let's sit down and let's look at how we can all change this so what if we approach our hope. family approach I would hope right yeah yeah <laughs> I mean maybe not all but like in general you you know you would never sometimes it's like you would never consider talking to your adult coworker or your adult coworkers, or if you're the boss or the leader the way we try and push around our kids right so what if we could say to what if we could regard our children you know as as partners in our families and not as the little kids who don't know anything because they don't have an experience yet and what if we could be like look guys we are living together in this house and we need to do what works for everybody and you guys are you know you guys are smart you're potent you're creators what can we change here and what can you contribute instead of you know i know better than you you need to do it like this because i say so you know what if you yeah, could and look what does that there? actually
2: create inside Because my implication is is for every person listening, like when someone else tells you what you have to do and exactly how you have to do it, you want to flip them the bird. Why would we assume that our kids feel any differently (laughs) when we exert our point of view over theirs without giving them the space to choose? It's like, what capacity for manipulating our kids are we not willing to be that requires that we put our opinion over them and shroud them in our point of view instead of inviting them to show up as the brilliant that they are?
1: Yeah, and is it the point of view that... Yeah, that's great. Is it the point of view that they're weaker than us that then makes us think that that's the only choice? Where if we could acknowledge them as partners in, in our families who can contribute. So if we... If we, in our own point, in our own minds, could really regard them as greater than the, what we're doing right now, and if we can really regard them as capable and potent, then wouldn't that create so much more? ease And wouldn't wouldn't that? You know, I think that's what it is. Is it starts with our point of view that they're weaker and lesser than us, and if we didn't have that point of view. Then could they step into their brilliance so much more? Because now we're going. Hey, you're like me. You have the same potency as I do. Let me. Do you tell me what do you, What do you think is going to change this? How do you think? Well, um, can we can do things differently?
2: When I look at too, like each temperament, certain things are going to come forth regardless. It's like it's like Bruce Lipton talked about in his book, The Biology of Belief. that, you know the gene that codes for say wing color in a butterfly. Is the same gene whether it's rainy season and tells the wings to be purple and green or it's dry season which the same gene tells the oh. wings to be brown. So it's like what's showing up in our kids? If you look at the environment, some kids are going to do one thing with with whatever is, that is present and some kids are going to do something else. So if you have the kind of kid who is bullying other kids, why not actually acknowledge the capacity within your own kid that's maybe choosing to bully and see that maybe they have the capacity to be a really good leader. And what mm-hmm. if we could help help them funnel that capacity to control others into something that actually is generative for everyone, not a power yes. struggle? Yes. What if that's in awesome. every yeah. point in every little like every island that we have here, we can actually use that to our advantage and use that to our kids' advantage and help them develop more fully into what capacities they have based on what's showing up, rather than saying, Oh, you're a bully, that's wrong, and you're a victim, that's wrong. And what if we don't need to actually take away what is what is naturally showing up in them. I know oh, that doesn't I really love make sense, that. but like they even know. from the victim point of view, you know, like the kid who's being a victim, what capacities do they have? What, How aware are they? How do they draw yes. people to them? How, you know, what is it that's right about what they're being and how can we help them see that they have strength in that and use that strength to their advantage rather than them always putting themselves at the mercy of everyone else?
1: Right, exactly. I love what you just said about the bully. That's, I just, what a great thing. Like, what if, so what if that bully, the the person that's bullying, what are they aware of energetically when they are aware, you know, people say, oh, they always pick on the weaker kid. So what are they aware of energetically that this kid is giving off? And how much of their, you know, what we're calling anger towards this kid or bullying towards this kid is actually their awareness of the lie that that kid is putting out? And what if, you know, what if their anger is actually potency? Like, hey, you little kid who's pretending to be pathetic, why don't you step it up? Like, we don't even consider that possibility. So, you know, what yeah. if we looked at the kid who We're that was so busy the demonizing
2: the bully. Right. Yeah. So
1: what if we asked them a question? Like, hey, what are you aware of about this kid? Well, they're this little pathetic, blah la, 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 Cool. And does it make you really angry when you look at them? It's like, yeah, it's fucking annoying. Okay, cool. So when you're annoyed, what are you aware of? Well that they're being this little pathetic shit. Awesome. And does it make you mad? And you know, how much of your you're pushing this kid around? You know, is it possible that you, you want to be an invitation for them to step in greater? And it might not be cognitive, but then we can invite them to that. It's like, yeah, you're aware of the lie. But this kid thinks he's this little pathetic Pussy. Sorry, that's the word that's coming out. And so now, what if you could use your potency to invite him to be greater? I mean, come on, how much? What like, if that's what, what
2: they're already doing? That's what I'm saying. What if that's what right, they're, what already, they're already, doing? already doing?
1: But we're and then we go and we tell them it's wrong, so they shut it off, They shut it down. What? A, what a disservice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like you know what? How much? Um, what what greater possibility could we create if we acknowledged what was really going on here and um, acknowledge that maybe that's what I was talking about before, the dance that's happening between these two is actually creating something or at least attempting to create something greater. And then we come along as these smart-ass adults and go, well, this is bad and the bully is wrong and look at the victim. The victim is this little pathetic thing. I mean, how many kids are, are bullied as kids and then – go on to be these fantastic leaders because they're like, no, screw you, you're not telling me what to do, right? So how much of that can actually be a contribution? Um, We are going to take a break. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living, and uh, this is Petrina Fava, and I'm here with my guest, Sadie Lake, having a great conversation about uh, parenting and kids and bullying. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
0: Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices.
3: What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life?
0: You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S., 815-880-8255, in Canada, 613 613- Eight zero zero eight seven three six in the UK zero three three zero 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 one zero six two five or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at katrinafava.com. Now here's Petrina with more messy adventures. Welcome
1: back to Messy. I'm your host, Patrina Fava, and I'm joined by Sadie Lake, who is the editor of a really phenomenal book that we've just launched last week called Possibilities in Parenting. This is not your run-of-the-mill parenting book. I really want parents to get this. Um, There's so many parenting books out there. Um, This book uh, offers some really different tools uh, for creating ease in parenting. Um, Some of them are quite out of the box. Uh, This is not your run-of-the-mill parenting book at all. Um, where do you want to go? Well, from and here, I think maybe? the big
2: mm-hmm. I just want to say about the book. Yeah, yeah. Not this, um, the whole book is not about fixing what you're doing wrong or, or learning specific things that you can do that will change it. It's actually empowering you as a parent to realize A, hey, what's right about you you maybe haven't been getting, and what would you actually like to choose in your life? And if you're not choosing that, could that possibly be creating some of the things that are showing up? That maybe you've decided are not what you want and um, and then also you know specifically with your kids, you that you address it in um, in a totally different way, but everybody kind of has their interesting point of view of how to um, how to empower our kids to be the greatness that they truly be in the world, and what does that actually create and in what is also unspoken and sometimes directly spoken actually is that in order to be that for our kids and to be that invitation to them we also are required to choose it for us. They're not gonna it's like the Mother Teresa Cinderino, if we're busy being martyr parents and giving up our lives for them, they aren't necessarily going to take the bull by the horns and create this great life. They're gonna learn the less you know the example of it's really great to do to create a great life but then when you have kids you have to give it up for them. And what if that's not actually working for anyone you know and really never has and so what could be different with people if we didn't have to be martyrs if we didn't have to um, have there be this power equilibrium dis you know imbalance and all these all these different things so really it's actually looking at kind of um you know so many parenting books go right to the problem and address it from there, mm-hmm. and what if this book is more like zooming out five hundred million miles and seeing what do we be naturally? What brilliance do we be? What are we as, you know, as beings that we have the capacity for something greater on a much deeper level? And what if we could actually start being who we authentically be and learning that and like playing with it and exploring that and as it came forth into our physical reality, if we have that sense of who we really are, you know, so many of the things that have shown up as problems may not be problems anymore.
1: Right, and what if there is no problem? That's exactly it. it's like you said. So many parenting books come from like here's the problem, here's how do you fix it, and a lot of what, you know what we talk about with the tools of access and what possibilities in parenting is offering is like what if there's no problem, and and the other thing I think too is that this book is not only for parents. I mean, it, all of the tools that are presented in this book are tools that can be used in all areas of your life, and and I know that just from even just writing my own chapter where, you know, I'm talking about bullying, but I'm talking about life, really. I mean, you know, how much as as adults are we bullied our own lives, or do we bully, or are we bullied by things like guilt, you know, are we bullied by fear, are we bullied... So even if, um, to anyone who's listening, if you're not a parent or you don't know any parents, I mean, at some point you had parents, and at some point you were a kid, And everything that's presented in this book, all of the tools are completely applicable to absolutely anyone. Would would you say that's true? I mean, you've read all of the chapters, right, Uh, Sadie?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And and like you said, they're all just um, really, if we took even some of the chapters that talk about would you be willing to be judged as a bad mom, would you be willing to be judged bad at anything that you have made yourself important for being? And if you were willing to be judged as shitty at it, what could that create? for you in regards to your choice and your what you could be and what you could step into. Yeah. What's your chapter about?
1: Just really quick, um, Sadie, what's it called?
2: Uh, my chapter, I think I called it, like, Better Than What Could Have Been, and it's basically mm-hmm. about how I didn't ever plan to have kids. I, I was really, like, um, wanted to be stronger, you know, wanted to be a career woman, um, wanted to be important, to have some, you know, label, and all of that was coming from this place of kind of thinking that I wasn't important, and then having meeting a man and having a family and then having it be like everything that I was creating was exactly the opposite of what I had decided I wanted. And <laughs> then when it came down to it, when I really was willing to lower my barriers and look at it, what I had chosen and what I had created was actually giving me um, the possibility of being everything I decided that it wouldn't ever give me. So, oh, And it's a really a cool. chapter. It goes really into the details of how, how hard it had gotten for me. And I did that on purpose to show like, how silly we are when we give up ourselves. But we're having a book signing. I'd like to mention the book signing on Friday night this week. If you're coming to the Possibilities of Parenting class in Seattle with Jerry Douglas, Jerry Douglas, and... The choice of possibilities, you mean? Right, possibilities possibilities yeah. yeah. We're yeah. doing a we're doing a book signing for possibilities and parenting this Friday night in Seattle at the Seattle Marriott downtown on the waterfront from six to nine PM. So if you're in the Pacific Northwest, even if you're not attending that class, we'd love if you come down, pick up a book, get your book signed by as many as twelve or thirteen of the of the authors that are in the book. Such a great contribution to yeah. life in general with parenting especially. So
1: That would be great. We would love to see you there. So you can find Possibilities in Parenting on Amazon.com. And uh, the title of the book, again, is Possibilities in Parenting. Um, You can find me at PetrinaFava.com, all over social media, uh, and right here on FM. And Sadie, do you want to say where people can find you?
2: Yeah, I'm also here on Imperfect Brilliance on A to Zen, and then on um, Facebook is Sadie Lake Facilitator, Educator Catalyst is my public page have Imperfect Brilliance as well, and then we have several different websites, ImperfectBrilliance.com and one I believe we're calling PossibilitiesInParenting.com that actually has both of the books, and which will be a third book coming along here in a couple more months, so
0: you can keep a Great. lookout for that. It'll just be an extension. Awesome. See you
3: guys right next week.
0: Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We'd love to have you join us again. Until then, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all.